Oh, it's the happy sounds of the Jerry Cherry Band. It is the happy voices of Brian Anthony Davis and KT Smith. We are here for another week. Here we go, the Steelers show from Fans First Sports Network and the Steel Curtain Network. Remember, over 20 to 22 original shows every single week in the off season as well. Look, we are dedicated to bringing you all the Steelers news, all the Steelers fun, all the Steelers stats, all the Steelers perspective that you crave, and we're going to have it right here. Make sure you go back and check out another great episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. It's a Friday edition, so you know you have Jeremy Jerome Betts on there, too. They're going to talk about the schedule and then some. There was a great episode of the schedule released last night with the preview crew that includes me, Jeff, and Dave Schofield. So make sure you go check out that. What Ian's talking about, a really good episode, too. There's so much stuff to go ahead and listen back to. There's so much stuff to look forward to. Another state of the Steelers with my friend Daniel J. And I got to tell you, we got congratulations for my man Daniel J and his family. A new Steeler fan, baby girl was born yesterday. Really, congratulations to him, KT. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw the photo he sent everybody of the little one wrapped in a terrible towel. So that kid's life is off to a good start. Yeah. And I told him, I said, this was weeks ago. And I said, Hey, you have the terrible towel ready for the uh, hospital. Right. And he's like, yeah, I, I was planning on getting some pictures. I'm like, no, you got to understand. And my daughter's birthday is this weekend. So 14 years ago, she was only about two minutes old and she already had a Steeler head and, and a terrible towel two minutes in because that's the role. And we make the hospital well, we're not having babies anymore, but we make the hospital do two official birth pictures, one with a terrible towel for both of my kids. That's how crazy I am. <laughs> Who says football is not religion? It, it, you know, if passion, passion helps make families even tighter with something like that. And everybody's a Steeler fan and the schedule release came out, the family calendar came out and those games were put on. So that's what we do. But once again, congratulations to my man, Daniel J and his family. And we always need more Steeler fans. So that's a good thing. KT, the schedule came out yesterday and that's not the crux of the show, but I want to ask you real quick, anything that sticks out to you, anything that you're annoyed with, anything you're excited about? Well, I'll just talk about the opener because if the Steelers are going to play the San Francisco 49ers, that's a great time to do it. It's great to get them at home. That would have been a really tough trip out West. It's great to get them when their quarterback situation will be in flux, probably going to get Sam Darnold. And while Kyle Shanahan does a phenomenal job of preparing quarterbacks and getting them ready to play, and he'll have all summer to do that for the Steelers, at the same time, I feel as though Pittsburgh has – is going to really be able to throw a lot of things at Sam Darnold that will make life difficult on him. If you think back to the season opener, the previous couple of years and what they were able to do to Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, given a, an entire summer to prepare, it's pretty encouraging. So that one jumped out because when I saw ooh, San Francisco week one at home, I thought that gives the Steelers a much better chance to win that football game than if they'd had to go out to the West coast. And when you look at the first 
five games. I know everybody's a little annoyed by the bye week coming in week six, but when you look at the first five games, there's not a single one of those games where you say Pittsburgh's going to lose that game. I'm not suggesting they'll go five and zero, oh, but they absolutely have an opportunity to win each one of those games. And I like the idea of a quick start for a team that is still pretty young. Getting off to a quick start would be great for their confidence. So I really like the way the early season sets up. You know, that second half is not overly daunting, though, too. It's more daunting than the first half. But I agree with you. I want to make a comment about the bye real quick, Kevin. You remember 2001. And if you don't, I'll go ahead and refresh you. Remember, they played week one. You had the tragedy of 9-11 on week two. Their bye week was supposed to be week three. And then they didn't play again. They played at the beginning of the year, week one, and then they didn't play again until week four, which was the end of September. So they had a long, long layoff. I think it was over 20 days or so until they played their next game in Buffalo. So that bye was gone. They had to play all those games in a string, and that's a team that went 13-3 and that season. So buys might come at the right time you know, that bye week for the Steelers in week six might be a perfect time because we don't know what the occurrence is that we can't foresee, like a TJ Watt last year. We don't know uh, if they might need it then. And NFL teams, especially well-prepared NFL teams like the Steelers, if the worst thing you're going to have is a bye in week six, that's fine because you know as a coach, what if they have a, a bye in week 11 and they're cruising? What happens? Does that staunch momentum, Kevin? Well, it could. And I think that that's where a coach like Mike Tomlin is so valuable because whether the buy's early or whether it's late, whether you're playing great football before the buy or poor football before the buy, the ability of a coach to use that bye week to the team's advantage in whatever way he chooses is really paramount towards the team's success. And Mike Tomlin's been really good at using the bye. The Steelers have been very good coming out of the bye in recent years. And it's nice to have a veteran coach who understands what the team wants to accomplish. I think you and I actually did a show on this last year during the bye week where we talked about what, is a, what does a coach do during a bye? What are your goals and objectives for the bye week? And so for Pittsburgh, being five weeks in is just enough time for them to have a really good idea as to what, where their strengths and weaknesses lie and a really good time to evaluate. For example, maybe Dan Moore starts the season as the, at left tackle and Broderick Jones is just not quite ready yet, but now you're five weeks in, you, you know what you have in Daniel and Dan Moore. Uh, maybe he's not necessarily letting the world on fire, not terrible, but you feel comfortable enough about Broderick Jones that he's shown progress and you decide to make the switch there during the bye, and Jones winds up being the starter for the rest of the season. That's a that's a good early bye where you, you're not worried about disrupting the chemistry of the offensive line heading into a possible playoff run. So you're right. Lots of potential advantages to that early bye as well. And remember, when you have a bye week, that doesn't mean it's a full week off from work. That's not what happens. So think about this now. I know you know this. We've just discussed this, Kevin. You've got week nine, which is a Thursday night game. They're playing Tennessee at home. Then they don't play another game until week 10, 
which even though there's not a week off, but that's a 10-day layoff until their next game. And guess what? It happens again because on December 7th, they're playing New England and they're not going to be playing again until we don't know what the date is of that next game because it's either a Saturday or a Sunday. They are in that, the Steelers are in that five game pull that three of those teams are going to get the Saturday game and the other two are going to get the Sunday for that Indianapolis game week 15, but that's a week before Christmas. So that's nice. They've got a, they have two nice nine or 10 game layoffs. And to make that even better in both of those instances, they play at home the week before the bye. they're, they're Jacksonville at home on a Sunday before they play Tennessee at home the following Thursday. Uh, and then they're Arizona at home on a Sunday before they play New England at home on that following Thursday. So they don't have to travel. That sets up pretty nicely for them. And you're right. There, there are, if they can survive those, those four games and those are four winnable football games. Yeah. Again, we're talking about Jacksonville, Tennessee, Arizona, New England, pretty decent chances. Steelers could go three and one in that stretch and then give themselves the mini buys for the following weeks when they go to Indianapolis and host Green Bay. So yes, I really do like a lot of there's a good there's a good amount of travel in here and that may be concerning uh but I really like the way that the the game set up for the Steelers. We talk about that daunting second half, but you've got the LA Rams, albeit it's on the road, you've got Tennessee, you've got Green Bay who's not the same. You've got a Cleveland team You've got Arizona, you have New England, you have Indy. Now, of course, you've got Cincinnati twice, you've got Baltimore, you have Seattle on the road on New Year's Eve. Those aren't easy, but this is not a daunting schedule, for especially for a team that is as well-prepared as Pittsburgh and wins games that they're not supposed to. And one thing that I found out with the Kenny Pickett era starting last year, Kenny Pickett is not losing games that they're supposed to lose. You know, it, excuse me, that they're supposed to win. And right. that's what was a problem with the Ben Roethlisberger era. You know, you've, you have seen that from time to time. It felt like they kind of took some time off. You know, they kind of took some teams lightly when it was yeah. the New York Jets and the Tampa Bay Bucks that were really bad and, and they're losing to them. So this is it it feels like a new era again and this is not a slight against Ben but it just feels like Kenny Pickett down that stretch that 7 of 9 7 wins of 9 they were beating the teams like Atlanta that they were supposed to beat and Carolina they were supposed to beat right there's none of that veteran complacency that sets in you're always trying to prove something you're trying to establish yourself as opposed to I've been there and done that and I and right it's it's kind of impossible for us to sit here and definitively say if the Steelers suffered from overconfidence or complacency, we're not in the building and we don't see what goes on, but it certainly felt that way. And this Steelers team feels as though they're constructed for a hard grind at the end of the season. This is a team that has gotten bigger, more physical on both sides of the football. They clearly want to run the ball on offense. They've clearly tried to address some of their deficiencies in stopping the run on defense. And when you think about late season football and some of the opponents the Steelers are going to play down the stretch, 
the last five opponents, New England at home on a short week, at Indianapolis, physical football team, then the Bengals, which will be a physical rivalry game. Then you got to go all the way out to Seattle, uh, and then you come back and play at the Ravens. There's going to be a lot of physical football down the stretch in that schedule. And you feel pretty confident, or at least more confident than maybe you have in the last few years, that the Steelers are built for that now with the way that they've addressed the physicality of this team. Very good. And it's all going to come down to really the quarterback play, too. As your leader, and we love what we're hearing about Kenny Pickett going into his second season, but we're not loving what we're hearing from Kenny Pickett about, excuse me, let me rephrase that. We're not loving what we're hearing about Kenny Pickett from outside of the 412. We're not loving all the disrespect that Kenny Pickett and the Steelers are getting because of their quarterback play from national media. They don't know what we know. And that's something we're going to try to talk about when we come back after we take this short break on Fans First Sports Network's Steel Curtain Network. It's here we go, the Steelers show. Give us a couple. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. Kevin Thatcher Smith is next to me. He is the coach, the award-winning coach of Ocean City High School, the Red Raiders. The only time I'm ever rooting for a Raider is a Red Raider in New Jersey, three-time championship coach. I know he hates when I give his resume, but I'm so excited to know this guy that I have to every time. I appreciate that. Uh, hey, can I make a quick, here's a little quick little high school football news real fast. This will take one Yes, minute. and I, I know what this news is, and I'm oh, loving really? this. You have to. Okay. This is fantastic. Right, so... So Ocean City, where, where I coach, we, we are a really unique venue. Our football field is literally just a, a couple hundred yards from the beach. When you do a, a cool overhead drone shot, you see the beach, the boardwalk, the big, there's an amusement park right there, the big Ferris wheel, the roller coaster, our school. It's a really amazing venue. And Ocean City is a big summer resort town, lots of travelers. So we host at the right at the end of the summer, the kickoff event for the state of New Jersey. It's a, it's a, uh, an event called the Battle at the Beach. It's 11 games on our field over three days, right at the end of August. And we attract teams from all over the East Coast. And this year, IMG Academy, which is one of the biggest high school sports programs wow. for every sport in the country, is coming. And they're going to play a Philadelphia area powerhouse, St. Joe's Prep. And we just got signed the contracts with ESPN. ESPN is going to carry that game uh, on one of their networks nationally. So that's pretty cool. We're going to get to have our, our stadium featured nationally. We're playing Ocean City. We're playing in that in that event on the Friday night, and then the IMG game is the Saturday night. Our game follows a matchup between Millville and Toms River North, which are two defending state champs. So there's going to be thousands of people there. It's going to be a really cool environment. So I'm happy for our, for our kids to get to experience that. Now, are you considered the organizer of this event? Uh, it's really organized by our league, the West Jersey Football League. But yes, I'm a part of all of it. We have some coaches, Mike McHugh and John Emmel, who do the, the heavy lifting and do a fantastic job putting that together. And 
they reached out to ESPN and ESPN said, let's do it. So it's, that's pretty cool. Well, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Wow. That is definitely worth talking about here. And, you know, you have had guys in that area that in your area that have made it big. And one of them coming out of Jersey is a guy named Kenny Pickett made it big. You followed his career before he was even at Pitt before he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've known about this man for a long time. Yeah, we scouted Kenny. Well, we didn't scout Kenny Pickett, but we sc- Kenny Pickett went to Ocean Township High School. Uh, we we were playing potentially in the playoffs, a school from up that way in the Shore Conference, and we went and scouted the game and watched Kenny Pickett play, and we were just like, that kid is great. And at the time, I believe he was committed to Temple, and we said, oh, he's going to Temple. And we just thought, you know, Temple is a, is a tough school, tough environment. They they ha- they were coming off of some decent years. But I was really curious to see a, a how that was going to work, pick it at Temple. But I remember thinking, he must be a tough kid because he's Ocean Township. That area is known for old school smash mouth football. So I said, oh, he's coming out of a tough high school conference and he's going to go to Temple, which is in inner city Philadelphia, one of the one of the toughest neighborhoods in Philadelphia. And my immediate impression after watching him play was he, you can see how tough he is on the field. He must be mentally tough too, to be going to that environment. And I think when we now go forward talking about Kenny in this show, this is one of the things that's going to resonate is that I think his toughness is greatly underrated by people nationally. Is that one of the things you were talking about last year when they selected Kenny Pickett 20th overall in that draft 2022? If you can go back in time, what were your thoughts? Because not everybody was excited about Kenny Pickett here at Steel Curtain Network and what was behind the Steel Curtain, but now those same people love him. Yeah. Yeah, I was one of the few guys on the Steel Curtain Network advocating for him. I liked him more than most. Part of it's jersey bias, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I always pull for the jersey guys. But but I really liked Kenny Kenny Pickett's leadership skills, the intangibles. I, I think... One of the advantages of being a coach when you, when you evaluate people is that because you're around them all the time, you see the importance of the little things on the day-to-day. For example, how important it is for the quarterback to be the hardest working guy at practice every day and the respect that that earns you from your teammates or how important it is for certain players to be vocal leaders or to be able to uh, demand the most out of their teammates not on on the field, not the stuff that shows up on film. When all you do is watch film, I think there's great value in that, of course. But I also think that you're missing a key element of the evaluation process. And that and that is the intangibles. And I always believe that Kenny Pickett had those things. I listened to how his teammates talked about him. I listened to how his coaches talked about him. I listened to what Mike Tomlin said about him. And I thought to myself, the intangibles are there. And, and that's often what separates you. You look at, for example, a guy like Malik Willis and what happened to him in Tennessee. While he had all the physical gifts, he lacked, or so it seems, many of the intangibles that would allow him to be successful early. And one of the things I like the most about Kenny Pickett is the way he handles adversity. He got off to a rough start in the NFL, uh, a start that could have shaken the confidence of a lot of, a lot of young players. He didn't let it affect him. He rebounded and finished the year, leading the Steelers to a 7-2 mark down the stretch. To me, that speaks volumes about him. 
So yes, I am a Kenny Pickett fan. I am too. And I get annoyed and excited all at the same time when I hear what everybody else in the league is saying about Kenny Pickett. And they talk about Pittsburgh having a very bad quarterback situation. But I realize, and I have been talking about this for a long time. It's probably driving you guys crazy because I'm talking about the national media not knowing a thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It happens with every single team when you're looking at what what you think their draft needs are. They don't re- people don't realize that if Broderick Jones is not taken in the first round, they might not take a tackle that entire draft. I think it was all or nothing at the top for a tackle, and the right guy had to be there. Everybody has these preconceived notions on what Pittsburgh needs because they're looking at it on paper. When you're covering the team every single day, whether you're inside the locker room, whether you're at the facility or whether you're monitoring it like we are, or like fans are. Fans paying attention to it know different things. And I think inside the 412, and I think inside the state of Pennsylvania, or if you're in Florida following this team daily, you know what you have in Kenny Pickett. But help us out here, Kevin. You talked about the intangibles, but I'm talking about on the field. Is this guy the right guy and why? He, let's put it this way. By the time he got past that early season struggle, which was totally understandable given A, the Steelers were playing a tough schedule. B, Kenny Pickett was not given starters reps throughout the preseason. And when the Steelers inserted him into the lineup in week four, he was about as unprepared as he could be. And so he had to learn on the fly. But once he got past that, Kenny Pickett looked like an NFL starting quarterback. He didn't hurt the Steelers down game down the stretch of games. He did the opposite. He won football games for them. Three three come from behind wins in the fourth quarter, and including two brilliant final drives against Vegas and Baltimore. And when you think about that, that's the kind of stuff that separates quarterbacks who are run of the mill from quarterbacks who, who are good to great. The ability to perform at their best in crunch time. And yeah, there's a million things Kenny Pickett's got to do better. That should come with reps. He's got to get rid of the ball quicker. He's got to learn how to read the full field. He's got to hang in the pocket a little bit longer and be willing or or less willing to bail the first sign of pressure. All those things have to come along. And I think the Steelers have done a good job this offseason providing him some of the tools that will eliminate some of those struggles. But he's got an intangible. And that intangible is a, a bit of a clutch gene. He's got some moxie to him. The other day on the count, Colin Cowherd show out while the national media has been very critical of Pickett. The other day, Colin Cowherd and Mark Schlereth were talking about him and they both were lauding those intangibles. They Schlereth in particular was saying, Hey, I think he's a guy. I think his quote was, he's got some sauce to him that, you know, he's just got some energy about him and, and the little things he'll get better at, but the big things are already in place. And for that reason, I, I love him. Am I a big fan of Colin Cowherd? Absolutely not. Do I think Colin Cowherd knows what he's talking about and is a very good mind? Yes, I absolutely do. The reason I don't like Colin Cowherd is because he's abrasive towards fans and I know so much more than you. But I have heard Colin Cowherd over the year crack on the Steelers when they needed to be cracked on. I also have heard him praise this team 
when they're worthy of the praise. So I think he's very fair. So when I hear something like someone like Colin Coward saying that this guy has the intangibles and he's really good, and you throw in a uh, Super Bowl winner and a guy that's been around a long time like Stink Shreloff, you know, I really think that's that's a good thing. Just like I was excited with a guy that drives me absolutely crazy because of how abrasive he is. But when you hear, hear Mark Madden talking about the draft, when he's never praising the Steelers for anything and he's praising them and he's inside the 412, I'm going to give credence to that than to somebody outside of it. So I love the fact that we're hearing this about Kenny, but why is the national consensus right now that Kenny's not the guy? People get caught up on stats. You look at his statistics, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. His completion percentage by modern NFL standards wasn't particularly high. Style points, like Mike Tomlin loves to talk about, style points don't matter. To a lot of people in the national media, they do. Pickett, sometimes the best plays he made were off-platform when he's out running around. And some of the worst uh, moments of his were when he was in the pocket in, in a traditional setting. And to a lot of people, when they look at that, they, they, they'll they make these comments like, oh, he can't play from the pocket and things like that. There was one poll in particular by CBS Sports that ranked Kenny Pickett 28th among projected starting quarterbacks for 2023 and had him behind C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, uh, Jordan Love. He had, they had him behind all those guys. None of those guys have taken – any snaps or in Jordan Love's case, meaningful snaps in the NFL. Anthony Richardson completed 54% of his passes in college. You want to talk about a potential project. So to put Kenny Pickett, who led game-winning drives in the final minute uh, against Las Vegas and Baltimore and piloted the Steelers to a 7-2 and record down the stretch uh, behind those guys in your quarterback rankings is ignorant. And those quarterback rankings, they don't mean a lot. Everybody can come up with their own. You can justify them, et cetera, et cetera. But when a major sports outlet like CBS Sports runs with that, I just it's irresponsible, man. It's just it's just not knowing your stuff. It's lazy journalism. And I really thought that I I, I don't get a right I don't get fired up about these things very often, but that one got to me. So I want to talk a few things about Kenny Pickett in 2022 and i'm going to make some excuses for kenny pickett i'm going to tell you where i think the turning point was as well that game against the jets when he came in yes he threw an interception on his first play but there were some other factors and he threw another pick too but there's some other factors in that game defense couldn't stop anybody couldn't stop the ground game at all and if the defense does their job you get some rookie growing pains and you overcome rookie growing pains. Week five against the Bills, his first start, come on. The Bills were just out for blood. And there, there was, you weren't stopping that team. And when you have them completing a 98-yard pass on like their second or third drive, my goodness, you, you know, that's not the quarterback play. It was just the entire team let down that day. I think the turning point for Kenny Pickett in this league was in week seven against the Miami Dolphins. He threw some picks. The Steelers dropped three picks. But there was a play at the game where he threw a pick that I think he learned from more than anything because his instincts said take off and run, 
but the coaches were drilling in his head. Stick with it. Don't panic. Don't run. He threw that pick because it was what he was supposed to do. When if he takes off, he might get in the end zone or he might get the first down. After that, I think they kind of took the the gloves off Kenny Pickett a little bit. I think they let Kenny Pickett go ahead and establish himself in this league with some growing pains. And I think he did so much better. Now, Philadelphia, you were at that game. It was a mess. But that wasn't. It was also nobody could cover A.J. Brown either. So there's so many things to look at. But when he finally got it together, seven and nine down the stretch is really nice to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, seven and two down the stretch. Yeah, so, excuse me, nine. seven right. of nine. I guess. Yeah, and you're you're right. I mean, many many of those games are totally understandable. The Jets game, he throws three picks, but you know the first one's on him. He's late with the ball. But the second one goes right off one of his receiver's hands, and the third one's the Hail Mary on the end of, last play of the game. So, and then, right, you're right about Buffalo. You're right about Philly. The Philly game had nothing to do with Kenny Pickett. That was about the Steelers getting dominated in the trenches up front on both sides of the ball and being out physical by A.J. Brown. I think the Philly game may have been the moment where Mike Tomlin said, we're just not physical enough. And the Steelers became more so as they went down the stretch. But I think the Philly game, especially with Andy Weidel sitting there as the former Eagle front office guy, now assistant GM on the Steelers, when they went back and looked at the film, I'm sure that they said to themselves, if we're going to compete with the best teams in the league, we need to upgrade uh, our physicality. And Weidel, I'm sure, got heavily involved in that process. But that's that's a different subject. But what what you're saying about Pickett, yes, absolutely. You these are not making excuses for him. This is simply explaining why his year went as it did. And a lot of it had to do with growth and there were some intangibles involved and there was some scheming and game planning involved. But as we got to the back end of the season, he looked like a confident quarterback. He looked like a quarterback in control of his football team. And he looked like a guy who where from where he left off is ready to take a leap in 2023. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. And yeah, I'm the one who said made excuses, but I, I think it's it's great to point that out. I also think that if Kenny Pickett doesn't get hurt in the Baltimore game, I think they do a whole lot more in that game against the Ravens in December. I Now I will say this, he did not play against Carolina. I still think that Kenny Pickett does well, even though Mitch Trubisky did well in that game. I think he does well in that game as well. I, I really like the way that the Steelers were progressing under Kenny Pickett. I think they there's 53 guys and then a whole coaching staff and a whole organization that is pretty happy with what they have in Kenny Pickett, and they know what nobody else knows. And if you can go ahead and put a chip on a man's shoulder, I think that goes far. Has there been instances where you have seen chips on – quarterback shoulders where you're like yes pile them up on this guy because he's got the mental aptitude to go ahead and handle those chips i think jalen hurts is a great example of a quarterback right now who plays with a big chip on his shoulder because he's been doubted at every level alabama essentially i don't want to say gave up on him but they pulled him out of the starting lineup and said we feel like we have something better he goes to Oklahoma and lights it up. And then there's all these questions about whether or not he's an NFL quarterback. Oh, he's not accurate enough. Oh, he comes from a system 
that doesn't mirror the NFL systems. One excuse after another. He's a running quarterback. You heard that one. And and then he he gets into the league and he's lighting it on fire with the Eagles. And now you got analysts like Chris Sims saying, oh, it's the system in Philly. You could plug any quarterback into that system and and they'd have that success. It's not Jalen Hurts, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that chip has really fueled him to want to be the best and prove those people wrong. And he's certainly in the process of doing that. And I see something similar potentially happening with Kenny Pickett. I'm sure Kenny Pickett is not immune to what is being said about him nationally. And I'm sure that it bothers him. And he strikes me as the kind of guy who will be thrilled to try to prove people wrong. So, yes, I think that this can be fuel for him. Oh, by the way, Chris Sims, Gardner Minshew couldn't do that with that losing streak down the stretch. Chris Sims did a mock draft in 2022 in which in the first round, out of the 32 selections in the first round, he, he correctly p- picked one of them. So, um, hey, no disrespect to Chris Sims. Uh, he was an NFL quarterback, and that's a heck of an accomplishment. But I'm, I'm going to hesitate before I call him an expert. Wow. I, I love it. I love that you said that because that's what I'm trying to say about this entire thing. You have everybody from the outside looking in and thinking what Pittsburgh needs, thinking of what Pittsburgh is and what they're doing on that practice field, in that bubble, in that locker room, what they're doing in those meeting rooms. You know, they don't know what Mike Tomlin and the gang knows. So that's the bottom line to the whole thing. Kevin, as we get ready to wrap up, do you have a dude of the week? Well, uh, I I was got wrapped up in the schedule release, Brian. I, I don't know if I, I really thought about it. So what what are you do you have one? What are our thoughts on this? You know, it's really tough right now to come up with a dude of the week. So there's potential dudes of the week here. And it's a guy that I want to go ahead and highlight that's coming into rookie minicamp. So I'm going to go ahead and hope that we have a dude of the week in a guy like Hakeem Butler. Mm. And the reason that I'm saying that is the Pittsburgh Steelers are bringing in a guy that they were looking at as a possible second rounder. They have had success from XFL standouts before. Remember, they had the XFL MVP in Tommy Maddox and they brought him in. Now, they're not bringing in the current XFL MVP, which is A.J. McCarron. However, they're bringing in his quarterback. Excuse me, they're bringing in his wide receiver. And that wide receiver is Hakeem Butler. And if he's playing like he did with a good quarterback like A.J. McCarron, remember, he was in the early days of Arizona. And he didn't, he didn't do well, but it was the, also the early days of Kyler Murray, too. So this is a guy that they picked in the, with the first pick of the fourth round back in 2019. He's getting a second chance. And wide receivers like this have a chance to go off. He has great height. He has dealt with injuries. It looks like he's healthy. He can be a very big dude for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm forecasting. And I'm saying good luck to this guy this week as he comes in. And the other players looking for jobs. So my dude of the week is going to be Hakeem Butler. Awesome. Great. Great. Love it. Great choice. You're not kidding, big dude. I mean, he's about 6'5", 230, even even has played some tight end in his career. And the theme continues. The Steelers trying to get bigger and more physical. So that's interesting. 
you had no clue I was going there, did you? None. <laughs> Neither did I, Kevin. None. <laughs> All right. I like when you I like when you, you pick me off though. It makes me think of my feet. <laughs> there, there, there's a way to change that. It. It's called production meetings, but we just don't do it. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's get on out of here. Kevin, thanks so much. Anything big you're working on for the week? Well, just uh, over on the, the call sheet over on FFSN, just finishing up my, my podcast on the schedule release and the most interesting games uh, on the schedule and really more so about why the NFL is uh, so brilliant at marketing and how it remains America's most popular sport, not not by accident. They, they, they know what they're doing when it comes to promoting and marketing. So talking about that on the show this week. All right. As for me, you will hear me once again with Dave Schofield on the week that was. You'll also have me again on Monday with Bad Language. And then you've got to check out a whole host of shows. Tonight, we've got another episode of The Homies coming up. You can catch it on YouTube. You can also catch it on wherever you download your favorite podcast. Go ahead and make sure you do that. Also, We've got another episode of the State of the Steelers. Kyle Christ is going to be back with Coach Minnie T. And what are they going to be doing? They're going to be answering your questions on the Q&A. So, so much stuff to check out. Make sure you do it. Then Monday morning, we're back at it once again with Let's Ride. Very special weekend for me as my daughter turns 14. She's my youngest. But I've been talking about that a lot. But I haven't been talking about Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a very important day. I hope we all have an opportunity to celebrate it with a mom. They're the ones that do a lot of the heavy lifting that you just don't get credit for. Moms are amazing. So if you're fortunate enough to have a mom to visit with, celebrate her this weekend. Absolutely. Great message. Happy Mother's Day to my own mom. I'm fortunate to still have her. Happy birthday to your daughter. That's fantastic. Thanks. And I'll throw out a Mother's Day wish to my mom, too, as well. So, hey, thanks so much, Kevin. It's been a great show. We'll talk to you next week. And remember, you've got to do one thing for us. You've got to keep your feet on the ground, Kevin. And keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Mm -hmm.